First, he wanted a closer look at the monolith itself, and began walking its circumference. To his surprise, the structure did indeed have a door, but it was locked and would not budge. Up until that time, Robinson's exploration had done much to raise his spirits and keep his mind off the renders and being stranded here alone. But when he turned the corner and found his second surprise, all the fear and worry of the past twenty-four turns came crashing back again. On the westward side of the obelisk was the residue of several large fires that had blackened the wild grass to its roots, leaving ash in its wake. But it was the grisly spectacle at the base of the obelisk that left Robinson's stomach churning. There someone had hammered a dozen iron shackles deep into the stone, half of which held human remains. Most were bones, the forearm or lower leg, all had been stripped clean of flesh. Pools of blackened blood stained earth and stone, but unlike the scene from the military base, this blood was relatively fresh, no more than a month old. Robinson grew instantly nervous. Had his own naivete once again lulled him into complacency? His mistake wasn't in believing renders only came out at night, but that they were his only threat. The shackles were a sign of intelligence, but what kind of creature was capable of such savagery? Only one that he knew of. Human. His head snapped around, scanning the buildings and the streets. Nothing moved, not even the grass and the breeze. Still, someone could have been out there, watching from the shadows, waiting for him to let his guard down. He swore it would not happen. The afternoon was moving quickly. Robinson needed to get out of the open. He glanced around for a suitable structure. The one he found was positioned at the far end of the park, behind formidable black gates and a host of other defensive fortifications that suggested at one time the compound held some importance. Like so many other structures in the city, it was an impressive sight. Though only two or three stories tall, it bore columns that secured a great rounded portico. The most distinct thing about it was that it had once been painted white. Despite years of neglect, it had retained a strange vibrancy. The walk across the park took almost half a turn. By the time Robinson crossed the final street, Pennsylvania Avenue, blisters from his new shoes had become companions to the previous ones. He took off his shoes for a spell to cool his feet in the clover. The gates bore signs of some violent ingress, with a number of carriages strewn upside down, lying in ruins in the festering weeds. Many were pocked with holes like the ones at the military base, making it painfully clear that some kind of battle had taken place. Of all the curious sights, none matched the one Robinson discovered on the lawn. Hidden under a blanket of flowers was the cracked shell of an ancient flyer, its gangly rotor appendages bent and snapped, with a number of oval windows looking up from the earth, and with several distinguishable letters. I-T-E-D-S-T-A. A tail section hung in scorched pieces in a nearby tree. Had this ship been fleeing to this place when it had fallen, or from it? And had Robinson escaped their fate, or had they escaped his? A gust of wind kicked leaves across the yard. The breeze felt cool, but a prickling sensation struck Robinson once again and told him he was not alone.
Robinson felt an odd sense of excitement as he approached the twin doors beneath the portico. Maybe inside he would get a glimpse of this mighty empire before it had fallen. If he was truly lucky, the building might prove a capable shelter in which he could strategize what to do next. He tried the door and it clicked. Maybe the stars aren't aligned against me, he thought and as he pushed them open he heard the whine of cables and gears as a weighted pulley sent a metal plate swinging down from above. He barely had time to turn his head when the booby trap cracked him flush on the ear and catapulted him backward in an explosion of stars and pain. The last thing he remembered was the sting of gravel and the warmth of his own blood before everything went dark.